Law Enforcement Today radio show. I'm your host. My name's John J. Wiley. In addition to being a radio broadcaster, I'm a retired police sergeant. For the latest news articles and much more, check out our website, letradioshow.com. In the Law Enforcement Today show, we'll be joined by special guests. We'll be talking about their experiences and issues affecting law enforcement officers, first responders, their families, their community, and victims of horrendous crimes. Be sure to like us on Facebook. Our page is Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. Check out the daily articles on our website, letradioshow.com. And while you're there, download our free app. The Law Enforcement Today Show is brought to you in part by Transformations Treatment Center. Many are using the term epidemic to describe the current problem of drug and or alcohol abuse in the United States. Virtually everyone we know has been negatively impacted by this problem. Yet for so many that are experiencing the devastating effects of drug and or alcohol abuse, they don't know who to turn to for help. Who can we trust to care for our loved ones? Transformations Treatment Center is one of the most respected, ethical, and professional drug and alcohol treatment centers in the world with a strong focus on individualized care, offering a wide range of holistic, specialized, and medically supervised treatment programs. We know that many of you have questions. Take the time to call Transformations Treatment Center for the answers. 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725. Or go online to transformationstreatment.center. Calling us from... Florida. My good friend, Jay Stallion. Jay is an active duty law enforcement officer, and that means that we can't go and tell you what agency he works for. I'll say this. He did start his law enforcement career in the same agency I did, the Baltimore Police Department. Jay, thanks for being a guest on the Law Enforcement Today show. Very much appreciated. Honored to be here. It's been a while. Glad to be back. I think that, yeah, we had you in the studio a long, long time ago in the early days of Law Enforcement Today show. And Mm -hmm. uh, I was thinking the other day, uh, about our history, and I, I do know, I think when you got out of the police academy in Baltimore, you went to the same district in the same sector I did when I was promoted to sergeant, sector three of Central. Yep, exactly. Okay, so here's the thing about Jay and I. Different eras, different decades, but we policed the exact same area and the exact same city and encountered the exact same type of violence, and it was decades, I mean decades apart. And Jay is uh, active law enforcement now uh, in another state, so we can't go into that. But Jay, I know what you've been through. I know where you work. I know those streets, uh, and I, I want to say this. When I say thank you for your service to, to everybody else, you know, I assume I know what they've been through. When I say thank you for your service, I know exactly what you've been through when you worked in Baltimore. Yeah, that that hits differently. I appreciate your service as well. Because not a lot of people who know, it's a, it's a cultural shock. It's so different. Not a lot of people, it's hard to explain to people. It is really difficult. And, you know, one of the things I hate and I try not to do in the Law Enforcement Today show is I don't want to make it about me. And when I try to tell people, even people who are police in other parts of the United States, I I don't want to use terminology that sounds like, you know, all the gunslinging, I'm a tough guy, cop kind of thing, because that that wasn't, that's not a fair way of saying it. But Baltimore was one of the most brutal, most violent, shocking cities that i've ever seen yeah it's extremely like i grew up in uh i grew up in brooklyn new york and i thought that was violent i thought that was bad until i got to baltimore and it was just on a different scale 
for the size of that city, the amount of violence is just disproportionate. And, and there's no, I can't put my thumb on it. And I jokingly tell people it's been a violent city since the War of 1812, where the citizens <laughs> of Baltimore helped defeat the British Army. And I think they've been ready to fight and kill and stab or whatever since the 1700s. They've got no qualms doing that. Nope, not at all. There's no, there's no care about life in that city whatsoever. And the other thing that really, and I don't want to make this show about politics, the other thing that really is disturbing about Baltimore and many American cities, because Baltimore is like a bellwether city, is so much money has been funneled to these governments in cities like Baltimore to try to make the situation better for the people who live there. And for the life of us, I don't know where it goes. I, I know where it goes, but I can't prove it. I'll just say this. It doesn't go to help the people. No, not at all. Not at all. It's the same. People are the ones that suffer. Yeah, it's the same horrendous situation as it was. I remember, and uh, before we start our interview with you, I'll, I'll close on this. I was uh, working in Northwest District of Baltimore, and my side partner, and it was a quiet, like, Saturday morning and before things started popping and getting crazy. And we were in uh, on Woodland, Woodland Avenue area of Baltimore, and there were auctions of houses going underway and these were houses for tenement landlords that didn't live there that were selling their property that was rented and the people were living in the houses sitting on their front porch while the place they lived in was being auctioned and you could see the fear and desperation in their faces and i can't come up with terminology to describe what that is like to see never never mind what it must be like to live in that situation it I've seen living conditions that I haven't seen anywhere else. Anywhere else. And I can't even describe them. I mean, vacant buildings where people have nowhere to go. And it's like a, it almost looks like a third world country. I've traveled a lot. I've been to other countries. And I can't believe that exists in the United States. It's craziness. It is insanity. And before we turn this into a walk down memory lane, um, there is so much going on right now and I, I just wrote a piece for the law enforcement today radio show facebook page and basically it's a quote from theodore roosevelt and there's two quotes actually one is i don't have to attend every argument that i'm invited to another one is walk softly and carry a big stick and yep. i have gotten much better at not taking the bait and getting into public arguments with people with all the unrest all the violence all the strife going on right now and it's all politically tinged and there's a lot of reality there's a lot of truth to what people have to say but i know me when when someone starts throwing accusations at me i dig in my heels and i get mad so if i do the same they're not going to hear me either yep and that's the problem so that's why that's why i'm so thrilled to have people like you in the show because what makes this show different is we don't have the talking head political experts saying what they think or what their opinion is, or what they think might happen. We actually have people who are law enforcement officers, other first responders, victims of crime, their family members, surviving spouses, telling a story from their experience. And you are experiencing a lot of what's happening because you're working the streets now. Yep, exactly. I experienced it directly. How would you describe it? The only way that accurately portrays my feelings is I feel like I'm in a bad movie with no ending. That's exactly how I feel. I feel like I'm in a 
I'm I'm waiting for the pause button or like I can't believe what's happening. I can't believe this is real life. I can't believe this is the United States. I don't know how else to describe it. I don't know either, and I, I know exactly what you're talking about because it's like one thing after another and after another. Now what? And I want to go back to the very beginning. I saw the video. When I say I saw the video of George Floyd being killed, right? I didn't watch it because I can't stomach watching videos like that, knowing the outcome. I don't know of any cop. I had not. And I talked to so many every day on the phone. They're still working. They're retired like me or on social media. Every single one of them has said that was a problem. It's totally acceptable. And a crime is committed in front of our eyes. Check out our website, letradioshow.com. There you'll find past episodes of the radio show as a podcast. You can listen to us anytime, anywhere. That's letradioshow.com. Or just do a Google search for Law Enforcement Today podcast. If you want to be a guest on a Law Enforcement Today show, just go to our website and contact me through there. Our website is letradioshow.com. That's letradioshow.com. Of all the radio stations in the United States, there's only one show like ours, the Law Enforcement Today radio show. And on Facebook, there's only one official page. Do a search on Facebook for Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. That's Law Enforcement Today Radio Show on Facebook. When you get there, click like and follow. This is Law Enforcement Today Show. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. Epidemic. America's public health crisis. These are all terms that describe the current problem of drug and alcohol abuse in the United States. Countless lives are lost, and heartbroken families are too many to count. Transformations Treatment Center is dedicated to saving lives. Call 888-991-9725 and online at transformationstreatment.center. Transformations Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments for addiction, substance abuse, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Transformations Treatment Center has many acclaimed treatment programs offering rehabilitation and holistic treatment for all those suffering from substance abuse problems. Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725 and online at transformationstreatment.center. Right through our conversation with Jay Stallion, active duty law enforcement officer on the Law Enforcement Today show. Uh, before we enter break, we're talking about all the unrest, all the violence, all the... Look, I think protesting is fine. I support people's right to protest, to freely assemble and peacefully protest, uh, and always will. I have no problem with protecting people who have an anti-police and or police brutality message. I don't, it's not the message. It's about how it's delivered. And I'm not going to ever sugarcoat that looting and setting fire and uh, spraying graffiti or throwing projectiles and hurting people or shooting people is a form of protest. That's violence and it's rioting. Yep, it is. End of story. But the reason I don't get into a lot of conversation about 
Minneapolis in particular is because I also believe in due process. And I, I really hate when the news media or any media outlets start convicting people when they don't have the evidence. And I'm not going to take the word of some guy at some news place in some other station I've never met or some other part of the country I've never met who clearly has a, a motive and say that's gospel fact. We saw what we saw. Uh, let the judges and the courts handle it and uh, hopefully justice will be served. Yeah, I, I think this situation got spun into politics like you said earlier nobody nobody agrees with what they saw nobody not one person i've ever spoken to agrees we're all saying that was unacceptable we're not trained to do that nobody likes it but the reaction to this is absolutely fanatical radical insane how this got spun into some african-american oppression look it was a white cop who did that to a black man. We get it. Both of them are individuals. But to paint everybody with the same brush like they're doing now, every police officer, law enforcement officer with the same brush, every Caucasian with the same brush, and then turn this into a whole big racial rally, I think that's the most divisive thing I've seen in, re- in recent history. And it's unacceptable. And I think the longer this goes, the more it's going to put a line in the sand between people who agree with it and people who don't they think that this is bringing the country together when actually it's doing the exact opposite and i i see it i see it on both sides because i'm african-american and i'm a law enforcement officer none none of this is bringing us together at all it's not opening up a debate because nobody wants to debate they want to jump on the bandwagon and pretend like they're in solidarity but about a conversation they know nothing about that's the other they thing. So it. much of this they, is, in my opinion, is symbolism and drama, and it's almost a, a fake, giving out a fake semblance that they really care. They, they've the not, only, these people the not care forever. Yep. The only reason is because it's popular. That's all it is. On social media, it's popular. They put Black Lives Matter, but they don't really mean it. They just, oh, this is popular now. We're going to do this. All these big companies, CEOs, where was your voice before? If this was really an issue, and this is happening every day, how come with this one event where it's the right elements, because if it's any other element, no one says anything, but it has to be the perfect element to turn it into controversy. Like somebody died and it's not something you want to take advantage of, but they take advantage of it, use it as controversy to push their agenda. And nobody really cares about Black Lives Matter. And the numbers show that. Well, that goes back to, to hear the numbers. And, and that goes back to the conversation we had with you when you first came on the show. Because there are certain things that you can say. Now, I can say the exact same thing, but if I say it, people are say, well, you're some white guy, and there must be something behind that, and they'll get mad at me. Yep, and if, when I say it, they pretend as if it's not fact. What I'm noticing is when I put out the numbers and the facts, that they immediately start saying intangible ideological statements like systemic racism all right quantify that how what's the number that you're referring to if you give me a number then we have something to work with we have something to discuss like unequal education all right that's a that's a very vague statement what's the number behind what you're saying black oppression fine that has happened in the past but today define it be very specific 
what are you referring to? What numbers are you arguing against? And it's never said. Immediately after you ask that, I get lashed out at. They start saying, oh, you you giving them ammo. You give, I'm like, no, I want to discuss it. I have no problem discussing it, but you have to come at me with numbers. And they don't want to hear the numbers. They're saying African-Americans are killed every day by police when it's not the truth. No, not the truth at all. I can tell you from my own experience and for people listening, and I know a little bit of Jay's story, that I don't know of any police ever that ever wanted to use deadly force on anybody at any time. No. And when the situation comes, it happens so fast, the last thing that you have the opportunity to think about is what that person looks like. I can tell you firsthand from, from the shootings I was involved in and the first two, contrary to what people tell you, the first two that they fired shots at me, I did not fire back because I knew instinctively it wasn't the right thing to do for whatever reason. And it's, it'd be too long of a conversation for this this segment of the show. The second mm-hmm. two, I could, all I could tell you was I was focusing on the weapon. I didn't hear what my partner was saying. I really couldn't hear what was going on in the area around me. And I really couldn't even tell you a whole lot about what the person I was actively involved in a gunfight with even looked like. Yep. And it's weird. It's like this. they talk about this time distortion and all these other things. Look, things seem to slow down and there's auditory exclusion. And one of the first things that happens, at least for me, is extreme case of tunnel vision where it becomes immediately focused on what is the life threatening situation and that's it and the sad part is they will never understand that because most people have never sacrificed for anybody else in their lives most of the people who are who are rioting not the protesters protesting is a beautiful privilege of this country but the rioters and the radicals saying no lives could matter until black lives matter those most of them have never even been in a fight to understand our job so they don't want to hear that. They just want the drama. They just want the controversy. They don't know that that's one of the worst events that a cop could have gone through. And it pretty much, you're, you'll never forget that day. You'll never forget it. Because I've been through it. And it's uh, one of these events you wish never happened. But the reality of humanity is that there are violent people who do violent things and try to kill people. And we are the line between the violent people and the good people. So we have to do things that we don't want to do in order to keep the majority safe. The the sad part about this, Jay, is that I'm glad those people don't know from their own experience. I often wish I didn't know. And I'm sure there are times you say, I love being a police. I'm proud of what I do. But I wish I'd never seen the things I've seen or had to do the things I've had to do. Because, quite frankly, it changes you. And it changes you in a way that's not always for the positive. I'm not saying it makes me a bad guy or a monster or none of that stuff that people love to do that's been influenced by Hollywood. There's only one official Facebook page. What you do, you do a search on Facebook for Law Enforcement Today radio show. Click like and follow. There you'll find updates about upcoming episodes of the radio show. You can contact me. We also find unique, one-of-a-kind editorials and news articles. That is our Facebook page, Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. Be sure to click like and follow. We're talking with Jay Stallion. This is the Law Enforcement Today Show. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. All too often, we find ourselves getting asked, 
Where can I find other great podcasts? Do you have any suggestions? Because of this, we decided to create our own network of podcasts here on Law Enforcement Today. You can access top podcasts about law enforcement on our website and free app. Head to letradioshow.com, click the Be Heard tab, and there you will find our network link where we will continue to add podcasts from first responders and more. Remember, that's letradioshow.com to find out more information about law enforcement today, our podcast network, and to download our free app, letradioshow.com. to our conversation with Jay Stallion on the Law Enforcement Today show. Jay is an active duty law enforcement officer, former Baltimore police officer, and since he's active, I can't say his real names. Would it be safe to say that Jay Stallion is like your stage name or pen name? It's actually uh, part of my, it's actually technically real if you want to think about it. It's my nickname, but it's, I have no problem saying that Jay is part of my real name and Stallion is my middle name. There you go. So, and you are the son of immigrants. Yep. Two Haitian immigrants. So there's another stereotype that just, I, I hate, I hate the way Hollywood, when I say Hollywood, the news media, television, movies, I hate the way they portray police. And I think a lot of the problems we encounter is people believe that as the honest truth and they take it that way and they perceive all of us as fitting in one neat little category. One of the things that you do very well, Jay, and quite honestly, people can look them up on Facebook, just search for Jay Stallion, and you write, and you write from your own perspective, which a lot of people don't do. And one of the things you've written recently, I'm I'm paraphrasing it, it's called Strong Drink. I know you call it something else. Tell us about that, and what motivated you to write that? Um, it starts off, I never even titled it, but that's a... That's a good title, actually. It starts off with "Drink It On, Even If It Tastes Too Strong," and I, I named, I started off like that because the facts in that nobody wants to hear. And what inspired me to write that is right after the George Floyd incident, about how many cops have died, and a good amount of them are also African American. So now the popular thing to say is, you know, post on social media, Black Square say black lives matter but in what i wrote i asked whose life mattered more george floyd black male killed by a vicious criminal or federal officer dave patrick underwood who was also a black male and he was killed by a vicious criminal whose life mattered more because i don't know no just like the captain who got murdered on facebook and they were recording it on facebook live he was also african-american and they're recording him lying on the ground bleeding out dead served his community for over 30 years, he was also African-American. Who, whose life mattered more? That's the question that only certain people can answer. And that's what my main, the main point of what I wrote was. There are certain people who could answer that question, who lives mattered more, and there are certain people that can't. The people that can't answer the question are like me and you, Jay. We can't, we don't put one person's life over another. No. When we put the uniform on, all life matters to us personally and because of our profession we have to serve everybody all life matters and most people feel the same way we don't think one race or ethnicity or gender matters more than the other but 
the trend now is that there are a certain group of people who can answer that question. They will tell you which life mattered more. And I think that's absolutely inhumane to be able to answer the question of whose life mattered more. If you can answer that question, then something is wrong with you. Something is like to the core of your being, something is wrong with you. You're no longer human if you can answer the question of whose life mattered more. Because I'm Christian, and not to get into religion, but whoever you believe in, the creator, whatever you want to call it, you can't tell me that that entity or that person doesn't find all life valuable. And I feel like the trend nowadays in society is to pick and choose whose life mattered and who doesn't. The news only chooses the right elements to show that that life mattered, but the very same person with the same skin color doesn't matter at all, and it's absolutely disgusting. And there's no rhyme or reason to it. The only thing, look, where were all these people before? Where where were they? We see politicians have been in office for 40 years, and now they are being very vocal. Where were you exactly when yep. when I was you know in in Baltimore and I, I give this scenario because it happened more than once where I got to meet a young kid on a very rare moments where I wasn't busy when they're 10, 11, 12 years old and then fast forward four or five years later where they're selling drugs they they shorted the drug man or got ripped off by the competition they were shot multiple times and you're there when they take their last breath. Where were all those politicians then? They weren't anywhere. In, uh, in 2018, almost 6,000 African-Americans lost their lives. Almost 6,000. And no one says anything. And now you want to be vocal? Now you want to jump on the bandwagon and be in solidarity? Like, we have to see that as law enforcement. We see the reality that you know a lot of life is being lost within these very same communities. In 2018, it was 6,318 murders in the community. So how can that not matter, but the one or the two lives where it's controversy, that's when you want to speak up. How is that bringing unity to the country? How is that bringing light to the issue? And it makes no sense. And like you said, the politicians have been in power for decades and never said a word. You know, you have actors and celebrities they live in their mansions. They don't live in those communities. And now you want to act like you actually care. Where were you before? Because the reality is today, somebody in that community is going to die. Tomorrow, somebody in that community is going to die. Are you going to honor their names? Are you going to protest for their names? No, they're not going to do it. Because it doesn't fit the, the controversy. It doesn't fit what they're trying to do, which is divide the country and make it seem that there's this fake race war. And I see and I fear that uh, th- this country is being torn apart, and it's being torn apart on, it'd be easy to say racial lines, but it's being torn apart on ideological and political lines, and made up yep. ideology, because the difference between the two sides, Democrat, Republican, conservative, liberal, is not that great. It's in the extremes, it becomes obvious. Yep, yep, and, it's in the fringe, yep. And, and I'll be honest with you, I, I tell this all the time, look, they're two sides of the same coin, both of them. And what we have going on here is no different than Chevrolet and Ford vying for market share. You have more politicians from one party elected. That means more power base and more revenue for the RNC or DNC or whatever terminology you want to use. And yep. very little gets done to change people's lives, not in a positive way. 
it's not going to change anything positively. But the, the saddest part is that people are blind to it. They don't do their own research. They don't look at the numbers for themselves. The news, I just watched, I, forgot who, I think it was Don Lemon. He said that black people are dying every day in this country. And I'm like, that's, that's actually really true. Yeah. But the context that he used it in was as if law enforcement is the one that's causing the death. So people, when you say things like that on such a big platform like CNN, and I'm not talking about their credibility because we have our own opinions on that, but when on such a big platform, you're telling that to the mass public, they don't look for their own research. Because it's coming from the news, they take it as truth and they run with it. And the saddest part is people believe it's true. I pulled somebody over the other day. He was going the wrong way down the, the, down the street at two, at, the mo- at 2 in the morning. And he was scared. He started recording. He says, oh, you see what's going on? I don't want to die. And people really, this is not something where it's a joke. People actually believe this stuff. And it's, it's detrimental to our society. Very much so. It, it's totally different. And uh, we're going to take a short break. We are talking with Jay Stallion. Jay is an active duty law enforcement officer. Uh, he is also a former Baltimore police officer. Uh, same agency I retired from. He grew up in Brooklyn, New York. He's a son of Haitian immigrants, and he is uniquely qualified to talk about what is going on from his perspective, which is one of the magical parts of the Law Enforcement Today show because it's about the experience of the individual, and they're talking from that instead of lecturing. Hey, folks, when you have a chance, check out our Facebook page. Do a search on Facebook for law enforcement today radio show when you get there click like and follow as click like and follow law enforcement today radio show on facebook this is law enforcement today show we are going to take a short break i promise you this portion of the law enforcement today radio show is brought to you in part by pet rescue life facebook page Everyone's welcome at the Pet Rescue Life Facebook page, where you'll find fun, informative, and enjoyable posts daily. Purebred, mixed breeds, rescues, we love them all. Be sure to like the Pet Rescue Life Facebook page. This is Law Enforcement Today Show. I'm John J. Wiley, retired Baltimore Police Sergeant, and I am joined by Jay Stallion. I call him not only a brother, a friend. He is an active duty law enforcement officer, and he's also a former Baltimore police officer. Before we went to break, Jay, we were talking about violence and crime, and and you see it every day. I see it from a different perspective because I'm out of the game, as they say. Right. But it doesn't mean I don't have the memories of everything I went through, just like you did, but you're you're compounding them. Uh, One of the things I, I do... This is a comparison for people listening. I, I took my first trip to Ireland about two years ago, and my grandparents immigrated from Ireland. Your parents immigrated from Haiti. And mm-hmm. you've traveled a lot to other parts of the world, and you mentioned that a lot of America's becoming like third world countries and worse. And one of the things about Ireland that struck me, even in Dublin with a population of 1.5 million, I never felt like I had had my head on a swivel. I never felt the potential for violence like I feel in a lot of American cities now. And at that year, I believe they had 17 homicides for a population of 4.75 million people. Baltimore that year, with a population of 660,000, I believe had over 300 murders. Mm -hmm. And you go, what 
is the different. Why are things so much more peaceful there than they are here? I, I think it's the same thing in the other countries I visited. As third world as they were, I didn't get the feeling of this uh, tension in the air. The, the amount of violence just wasn't there. Even a lot of them, the police were unarmed, and which is fine because the, the amount of violence is just not there. But like you said, a city like Baltimore, cities like Chicago, where the number of homicides are astronomical, it can't be ignored. Like It's a violent place. And it's just the culture. I, I can't explain why in other countries it's so peaceful and you don't have to watch your back. And in a place like Baltimore, it's just concentrated extreme violence. I have. I think it's super sad that in a country that's made so much progress that it's still like that. It is. But my my main theory is that the reason it's like that is because it's ignored. Let's be honest. It's, is is anybody really attacking that issue? No, nobody's attacking the issue of violence in the inner city. No one is. So it's it's not going to get better. They're attacking the people who are trying to keep the violence from overflowing and going crazy. It's, it's so backwards, it's like, in my head, I can't, I can't reconcile it. Well, one of the first interviews we did with you, one of the points you brought up is you can't have a discussion with someone based on intelligence and facts and logic when they're coming at you from emotions only. Yep. And that's and one of the things that I see and I perceive here. What happened in Minneapolis is totally inexcusable. And we could talk about that forever. Mm-hmm. There's nothing about that. There's no argument there. I mean, no one, nobody no one. is arguing that so, at all. But what doesn't make sense is why did the mayor of Minneapolis, who has control of the police department, who who oversees the police chief, who then picks their staff, has this officer working there, was hired, trained, retained, was an FTO, and then he's totally let off the hook. Yep. It happened in your watch or your department. But... It's okay then to go with COVID-19 going on to go to Baltimore or Chicago or New York and stand three inches from some cop's face who had nothing to do with this in a totally different city and blow yep. spit bubbles at him. Yep. There's nothing about that that's logical. Nothing at all. It makes zero sense. It happened in Minneapolis and then cities around the country, cops are being spit on, rocks thrown at them. Here in Jacksonville, uh, up in Jacksonville, a cop got stabbed in the neck. Cops, uh, I saw a video of a cop getting run over by a car. We saw videos of cops getting shot, laying in the de- on the floor, bleeding. How is that acceptable? Because one bad cop, and I'm not, I don't, I can't discuss his character, but I'm as far as bad, I'm, I'm referring to his actions. His actions, yes. One bad cop who did something he wasn't supposed to do, why take that and use it as an excuse to commit mass burglary, mass arson, mass homicide, mass assault on people who had nothing to do with it? Why is nobody speaking up? And that's what drives me to, to speak. I'm not the type of person who can sit there and not say anything. It's like vomit coming out of my mouth. When I see something, I have to say it. And I've taken a lot of flack from my own people, but... I have no problem with it. The truth is the truth. The numbers are the numbers. And nobody could argue with that. It's just no one can answer my question. Why is that acceptable? 
And if I, I if I dare well, answer it, I'm going to be accused of all kinds of things. So I, yeah. I can't even begin to speculate. I can't I can't tell people from my own experience what I went through, and then try to tell you what I believe because of the color of my skin. You just can't hear from me. And that's to me, if we're in this free country, right, and we have freedom of speech, how come it's one sided? How come, like when I say it. Well, it's a problem for me, too. But how come because of somebody's skin color, if they say they're racist, but if it's a different skin color, it's not racist? That makes no sense. Well, you can't say it because you wear a police uniform. Right. Like, the, the uniform, like, immediately nullifies my race somehow. And that's And, and that's <laughs> another point that's just not logical. That's the thing. <laughs> Listen, people, I understand being upset. I'm upset, too. I actually cried over this. Yeah, it was. It's, it's, it made me sick to my stomach. And I wrote about it. It made me sick to my stomach to see. But people are so radicalized by mainstream media and social media that they really took this issue and pretend as if it's widespread when the numbers don't even come close to supporting it. It's false all the way around. So everything we're experiencing now in the United States is all based on emotional and ideology. And that's, to me, it shows us how this society is brainwashed by by the media one of the things that really disturbs me about this is we're, we're talking not we but a lot of people are talking about disbanding dismantling defunding police departments when what you need is more training so if you don't have money you can't train them so that's kind of stupid but we're going to become the wild wild west again and i remember and i know you encountered this in baltimore there were people that i mean good people really good people Occasionally, run afoul of the law, but most of the time, 90% of them are really, really good people. But they couldn't let their kids play in their front yard past four o'clock because of all the gunplay. Right. They're the ones who are going to suffer. The people That's living in mansions with armed security guards and, and big mm-hmm. walls and surveillance systems are not going to suffer. It's the people who don't have much that are going to pay the price. The very people who are angry and emotional and hurt right now are the very same people who are going to suffer because of their same exact movement. Defund the police. There's zero logic behind that. Zero. But you brainwash people to believe that police are the problem and now they want to get rid of police. I'm interested in seeing that, actually. I mean, and I'm not trying to be, you know, a doomsday guy, but I like, what do you think is going to happen? You think that the people in this country are really going to be okay with that? No, because most people don't believe it. It's the that segment of society that's radical that saying defund the police like it's this talking point. Those are the same people who are going to suffer, not the people who are who are like you said living the communities. Those politicians, those music stars, they're not going to suffer at all. So they have no problem saying it. They have no skin in the game. Of course, they're going to say that. It doesn't. Oh, it's not going to affect their lives one bit. We're, not one bit. We're quickly running out of time, and I, I don't want to leave without asking you a question. And this is happening all across the United States. We've had a tremendous problem with recruiting law enforcement officers and retaining them. And we have reports of people leaving in droves. They get their time in, they, they retire. People with time on that are experienced or good police, they're leaving. You've got about 10 years on the job. Are you giving thought to saying, I want to pack it in? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's to the point where when I took this job, it meant something. You were out there helping people. But when those same exact people 
paint you with the same brush and now you become we're literally public enemy number one and now you want to defund police now you want to enact these laws that are knee-jerk reactions to protests and riots and make it harder for me to go home with my kids they're making it harder for me to stay alive and to go home to my kids so the line in the sand is starting to be drawn where cops in this country are gonna have to make a choice do you still go out there and risk your life or do you focus on staying alive for your family they're literally taking things away from us that could have kept us alive they're discussing uh getting rid of immunity judges and state's attorneys get a full package case after the fact we don't get that when we go to a call we have to figure out what's going on as it's happening we have to make decisions as it's happening how come the individuals who are putting their life on the line and have no information about what's going on have the least protection but the people who could figure things out afterwards have the most protection that's one thing we're going to mm-hmm. talk about again later on we are out of time jay thank you so very much for your service and thanks for being a guest on the show i appreciate it thank you for having me back i'd like to thank our guests so much for coming on the law enforcement today's show We've got another great guest in your way next week don't miss it until then this is john j wiley see ya oh.